0: wakey wakey iggy biggy tis the smod coast morning show blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs
1: Welcome to the Smart Coast Morning Show, We're broadcasting from the home of the comic book man, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Hello, Mike.
0: What's happening? We're, We're a pop culture paradise, we are. a podcast emporium. We are. And most importantly, home of the comic book man. We are. I'm Hello. Looking at this They're very nice. What's going on? Hello,
1: Mike. So I uh, I was hoping you would sing the rest of that song.
0: Uh, I don't think it had lyrics, did it? Uh,
1: I it was don't think Johnny so. Mandel. Oh, I know that. should have asked that.
0: It was Johnny Mandel. Dun, 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 you know dun, dun. who composed that? I do. Johnny Mandel. How?
1: How on earth? How? How am I?
0: Because how? I had such a crush on Lydia Cornell when I'm. Did, I paid did, attention to everything. <laughs> did you I was you like, know, oh Mike. my god. Because at the end, you'd have that one, uh, the one picture of. You know, the, the family. Yes. When they're doing over the credits. Yes. And you're like, ah, it's Lady Cornell. And you would just watch and you'd be like, like oh, ah, Transfixed sigh. as like a twelve year
1: old. Swoon. Swoon. How old were you when I think you it was first
0: twelve or thirteen? Twelve, oh, like, I think it was twelve.
1: So you were right in the wheelhouse.
0: Right. It was <laughs> puberty was starting to pop, you know, pop, 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 pop.
1: Well, let me ask you something. You turned on Too Close for Comfort. Uh, I can't remember what network it was on before. It was on A B C. Or oh, A B C. Okay, you flew on Too Close for Comfort. You do. Why were you watching that show?
0: Lydia Cornell. Okay. Actually, Lydia no. Cor- hold on. There are two reasons. <laughs> okay. One, um, this I got. I got the uh, the third degree from Brian Johnson because why? Well, there was a um, about a year and a half or two years ago. Okay. Walt Walt Flanagan mm-hmm. had been watching antenna TV. He's like, you know what? I saw the other night mm-hmm. was too close for comfort. Okay. And I said, oh my god, I love that show. Ted, Ted Knight. Ted was tits.
1: So so they say.
0: And it's true. Ted Knight equals tits. Tits is so, good, correct? T- tits is In, the. That uh, is the, as the, uh, the Ted kids. Ted Knight, tits. Okay, so, like, so say some people. So say the. So kids. So say the kids, but Ted Knight is tits. So say some people. So say so say me, and I could okay. give a rat's ass what, okay. what anybody else says. All right, so I think Ted Knight tits. Okay, so um and Walt's like, wait a second, then nothing else. to um, to be honest with you, I was. No, that was it. That's all I needed to be said. Okay. Ted Knight. Right. I'm. I'm also a huge fan of Lydia Cornell. I know. Even like uh, Nancy Nancy uh, Dussault, who played Henry Rush's wife.
1: Oh, okay. So,
0: um, and also the the other girl. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah Van Valkenburg. <laughs> yeah. Girl. I didn't like April. Didn't not at all. And and uh, Monroe. Jim J Bullock, mm-hmm. and not Jim J Bullock. Jim Jim J Bullock. Okay. Jim J M. Jim J. Bullock. It's Jim J Bullock. Okay. There's no I in there. J I M. I had it's no idea. J M J Bullock. Okay. I've, I had no idea. Trust me. You, you notice these. Things. I trust like Johnny. You. Oh God!
1: I, when it comes to matters yeah. like these, important matters like these, <laughs> I, always <trust laughs> you, matters like these I always trust you, myself. All matters
0: like these, absolutely. Uh, so Walt mentions this to Brian, mm-hmm. and the next time they're doing uh, TESD, yes. he calls over and questions my heterosexuality. He's like, so. Tuesday night, yes. You're watching, you're watching your ABC shows. Yes, must see TV, which was bef- before Thursday night was must see mm-hmm. TV. It was Tuesday. It was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, uh, Three's Company, at Too Close for Comfort. That was the lineup.
1: That's that a was, hell of a lineup, was my a friend. One great the lineup. Hell of a lineup.
0: <clears throat> so you're watching, you're watching, and I mean, it was the time of the Jiggle Queen. Um, Suzanne Somers mm-hmm. made it very famous to be a bouncy woman with no bra on, right? She, she yeah, dif- of course she, she
1: did. definitely did.
0: She coined that. I she, will not argue she that. She created the term Jiggle Queen. They it was see. created for her. So, um, and he said so, Too Close for Comfort comes on. What's up with that? And I said, Ted Knight. Ted Knight's tits. <laughs> and he <laughs> you, said, I had heard that yeah. from Mr. Flanagan mm-hmm. here. He's like, but you know, you're you watching it for Ted. And I'm like, of course, I'm watching it for Lydia Cornell. Of course, and you are. Deborah Van Valkenburgh, who ended up in, uh, she was also in Streets of Fire. Yes, with Michael Perret. Yeah. And and uh, who's the other girl? The uh, Jessica, Jennifer was it? One of the Beals. Somebody, one of the Beals. So, uh, so he calls in a question. I said, you know what? It was you could get your jiggle from any one of them. Yes, from even Happy Days. Had a couple of jiggles. Erin Moran? Yeah. Okay, yeah. When okay, she did okay, when she was in enough. her uh she cheerleader le- costume, leather, she did that le- spin. Leather Tuscadero. Leather Tusca- No, not leather. Maybe pinky. <laughs> leather Tuscadero with Susie Quacho. I know. Our love is alive. I know. And burning with it. So anyway, right. um. So he, he called in a question. I'm like, of course it was for Lydia Cornell. Let's of let's just let's just cut to the Let's just Ted Knight. Ted Let's
1: cut the chase. That show was all the Cornell. That let's, yeah, let's see. let's just admit it right here and oh, now. Of course, but make it have, official.
0: You can need to to appease the parents. You got to throw in Ted Knight. He was and the, Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> I, no, no. To a, <laughs> if you appease my parents, that's you might as well. Let, have You uh, might as well have let Stephen Collins uh, yeah. babysit me. Right, if God you said sakes. Jim
1: J. Bullock was tits, then maybe I would. not then then you can, sexuality. Oh but.
0: yeah, you could you could call into question every facet of my life. Yeah. But no, it's Ted Knight, man. Ted Knight. Caddyshack, Caddyshack says. Yeah.
1: Well, I had the distinct pleasure of I know, and I honor. hate
0: you to Hold death. on, hold on. Let's, I know.
1: Let's rewind a little bit. I had the pleasure of podcasting with Lydia Cornell. Lydia yes, Cornell is a podcaster herself. She's on the Beats and Eats network. The Beats and Eats, yeah. You can check her out on the Beats and Eats network. Uh, she's a podcaster. She's a writer. She's a comedian. She's an award winner.
0: She was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Another on one of Your Enthusiasm. An, another one of Walt and Brian's favorite shows.
1: She looked great on Curb.
0: I know she, she looks, looks phenomenal. I mean, she,
1: she looks great. She beautiful she, lady. She strode in. So uh, we we I had the pleasure of podcasting with her. We recorded at the Sunset Marquee Hotel. Nice, my favorite joint. Uh, joined by our friend Samantha Aurelio, Grammy award nominee. Okay. And um, yeah, you know she, she comes in. And Looking it's just, stunning. Stunning like, is just like wow, wow.
0: Like she just walked out of 1983 or four. Yeah.
1: Yes. Now let's rewind even more. Uh, I met Lady Cornell uh, almost about a year ago in San Francisco. We were yes, at the Stitcher did. Awards, and I did not sh- know she was going to be there. All of a sudden, again, she appears like this vision. Gulp. And, um, you know, I'm I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Holy crap. You and- are. She introduces herself. She's like, you know, my name's Lita Cornella. I was on a show called Two Flows for Comfort. And yeah,
0: you were. Like, I'm just like trying <laughs> to hold
1: it in, and and she's obvious. Uh, yeah, as obvious, I'm happy to meet her. But as uh, as happy as I am to meet her, she is happy to meet me.
0: Equally happy to meet you, which wow. was, which I thought was cool. That's nice. So she, what, she sounds like. She, you know what? I I've yet to meet her. Um, you will. I've seen, she's tweeted to me. She, she has tweeted she to me. She's seen She's the show. awesome. She is fantastic. I happen to think she does she, the, the sunrise and sets on Lady Cornell. Well, I mean, and Ted Knight.
1: Based on what she's seen of you on the show and based on what I've told uh, her of you, she loves you.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And she has thank stated you. that. And thank
1: you. And I believe she states it on this podcast that we're about to hear. Oh, cool. Recorded at the Sunset Marquee. But um, so to fast forward a little bit from there, uh, we're going to out to LA. Set up these podcasts. Yep, this one was for you.
0: Ah, thanks, brother. And
1: you had to be back to work.
0: I did. I have this, responsibilities.
1: This this says a lot about your dedication to the job here at the Stash. I, so,
0: I love my job. I here mean, at you could have
1: you know you could have taken two paths. You could have, you know, said "f you" to the job, come with me, podcast with Lydia, or you could have come back and assumed your responsibilities at the store. And that's exactly what you did.
0: Of course, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't do that. Yeah, so.
1: but for the record. This, this is for you.
0: Oh, thanks, Ming. So, so this one's will, dedicated for me. It is.
1: You will meet her.
0: I will. And oh, You, you bet will, I will.
1: You will. Get to see the magic.
0: That is that Lydia is Cornell. Lydia
1: Cornell. Now, before we get to the podcast, to the interview, okay? Um, when the show came out, like how big was she? Exactly. Put it into terms. Uh, how, if you want to make how an analogy, big
0: was Lydia? She was. Uh, is there
1: an, uh, is there a current day analogy um, you can make? A, I don't. I know we don't really keep up with the starlets now,
0: but. I uh, know we well let's put it this way she was uh this was um
1: or we're going to rewind a little bit Was she say as big as Jennifer Aniston was uh when friends came out
0: she was Lisa Kudrow okay because you had a bunch of you had um still had Susan uh Sommers mm-hmm. uh you had uh who else was it? um like Joyce du- Barnes right. Joyce DeWitt. Joyce DeWitt. you had um what the hell was her name um um Lauren Tewes these were okay. like the starlets of note yeah. on ABC. Back Julie in the day. from Love Boat. Julie from Love okay, Boat. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. These are, so well, there was a the, lot. Yes, you had. It was a like competitive had, oh, market. Oh my goodness! But she would. She held her own very oh, yeah. well. And you know, here's here's how big she was. She okay. was uh, the Heather Thomas. I was pretty big. She was big. I was yeah, big. I, I, um, and and actually, in the rankings for me, mm-hmm. she she outstripped them all. Oh yeah, for me, sure. Um. She it, it, was she was Lydia Cornell for God's sake.
1: Uh, if if I if I did my homework, right, there were Lydia Cornell posters. Like there, there was there the are. era of the poster. Now oh my the big God, one yeah. was the Farah. The
0: Farah, pharaoh, which sold, I think, fourteen million yeah, crazy, units. Crazy. It was in every like twenty between the ages of ten and twenty year old kids boys' room. Yeah. Uh, there was also um Heather Locklear posters. There was. Heather Thomas posters, Lydia Cornell. So Lydia I'm Cornell assuming courses. that these – Cheryl Ladd. Don't forget Cheryl Ladd oh, I'm not still fr- around. I'm not, I'm I'm not forgetting. I'm not forgetting. Jacqueline Smith. Oh, the Charlie's so Angels. She was up with those ladies. Yeah, and was. in my opinion, a little higher. Yes.
1: I, I, and to me, I put you right at the top, Lydia. Yes. So – Without further ado.
0: Without further ado. Lydia
1: Cornell, uh, recorded live at the Sunset Marquis Hotel, uh, November 2014, with, uh, with my co-host, Samantha Aurelio. Hope um, you guys enjoy. Oh, real quick. The, I, I was nervous. Of course you made were. made me nervous. Uh, she got me so nervous, uh, I, caught her, I, I caught myself, but I, I accidentally called her Claudia a couple times. Oh. I caught myself, because Claudia Wells from Back to was also coming, coming in. They're good friends, but right. um, I was... I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. I don't blame you. you can, you'll be able to tell. Very few times do I get nervous anymore. But like, So you
0: know. la- without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2014 Sunset Marquee Podcast Sessions. My name is Ming Chen. Whenever I head west, I always like to get some kind of podcast set up. So all the cool people live out here. So Definitely. all I have to do is you know put out a call, I'm like, hey, I'm podcasting. Can you guys come out? Can you meet me at the world-famous Sunset Marquee and um, – I'm very, very, very happy to have my first guest here. You're the first one. Uh, I'm the you, first one. You may have seen so her. Uh, uh, may have seen Quantum Leap, Hunter, The Love Boat, um, Night Rider. Or, yeah, or you know, maybe a little show called Too Close for Comfort. Yay,
2: Kirby enthusiasm and
1: Kirby enthusiasm.
2: Too Close for Comfort. Ted Knight's daughter.
1: Yeah. Yes, and I'm uh, very happy to welcome uh, you know new friend, fellow podcaster Claudia uh, Lydia Cornell. I'm sorry. <laughs> let me do that again. <laughs> It's okay. I'm very happy to welcome friend, fellow podcaster, Lydia Cornell.
2: Thank you, Ming. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Hello, Lydia. How are you?
2: I'm good. I've been stuck in LA traffic, I. but it's such a What respite. else is new?
1: What else is new?
2: I didn't notice traffic for years when I was living with all my raising aliens. W- were
1: people just driving you around back then, though?
2: I had limos, <laughs> eating bonbons. Tom Hanks and I in a limo all the time. Yeah. That's how it was in the old days.
1: Yeah. Now, um, you know, we'll get to the acting stuff later. You're yeah. a podca- your fellow podcaster yeah. now, more, important, more importantly to me. And uh, we both met uh, in San Francisco earlier this year at the Stitcher Awards.
2: Yeah, the Stitcher Awards. Isn't we that were, cool?
1: It was, I was. You were the last person I thought I was going to see, though. Just, <laughs> so here's the deal. I walk in. There was this little pre-party, um, Samantha, uh, sitting to my left. <laughs> also my co-host. Hi
2: Samantha. Samantha
1: Aurelio. Nice
2: to meet you. I tried to
1: get Mike Zappsick to come out here. He was also on the show Comic Book Man with Oh me. yeah. Yeah. And he is a huge fan of yours. Wow. Huge. He's a he's a child of the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. but his knowledge of the shows are encyclopedic. He could mm-hmm. probably tell you all the plot points of every episode you've been on.
2: I love that. He's <laughs> my hero. I want he, um, somebody to tell me He
1: knows He knows with uh, An absolute certain fact. Every episode of The Love Boat. What happened? Oh my God. Who was on? And. Doesn't um, he... and Get him on no, the phone. Yes, and where they went. <laughs> yeah. I I'm haven't met him yet. I know. Here's, here's he the married? deal. He because is married. Because I'm single. Okay. All right. uh, he's oh, married. I'm take sorry. That back. Well, all right, here's the deal. I met you at the Stitcher where there's this big. There, uh, there's there's a, no, a podcast award, Samantha, yeah. because, you know, us podcasters are, are important. Now. Yeah. I remember, yeah. So, uh, Claudia. Uh, why do I keep calling you Claudia? <laughs> I don't know. We can still Lydia. Over to- Lydia and I over at this baller podcast awards because we're both baller podcasters now uh yeah. it, it was at this like taco joint
3: yeah
1: and um and a I'm, taco joint i'm sitting there Sounds i'm eating perfect. a taco lydia comes up to me is like hello my name is lydia cornell and i'm like wait a minute like I, I was just i was in shock like what are you what are you doing here
2: <laughs> look on your face yeah. it's priceless yeah now,
1: i was born in 74 but mm. I, I watched too close for comfort
2: Thank you. And,
1: wow. Um, but what I'm more—I was more excited for Mike though. Mike was supposed to come out. He had to work, so he I love you, out. Mike. Yes. And what? So what? I, I went. I yeah. I, you, I, I had my moment with you. Um, I talked to you. Immediately ran over, to, ran off to the bathroom, and I called him. And I'm like, <sighs> dude, does the name Sarah Rush mean anything to you? And his he. There was a little bit of silence. He was like, I should have come. He was kicking <laughs> oh. himself. He was kicking himself. So what I did, I was like, listen, we're, we're, we both came out to L.A. this weekend. I'm like, dude, stay a couple of days, and uh, I'll see if maybe Lydia lady will come on podcast with us. And lo and behold, you did. Uh, but Is he, he here? Did you no, just say, oh. he, he left. He left on Sunday. He left? He left.
2: Oh, no. Because if I'd known you ran off to call him that at that moment... I would have gotten on the would, phone, and I would have talked to him, and I would have had fun. I was just hanging out. I was literally...
1: Oh, I should have done that. I was literally... I, 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 I didn't want to do that to you, though. No, no I, w- I had nothing to... Uh, I just was, met you. It was so sweet. I'm very f- I love
2: that kind of thing. I love people who do know TV history and that know the plot of our shows, because that, that's cool. Our show is one of the few sitcoms, you know, that had a clean... It wasn't that clean, actually, because Ted and Muriel were in bed together.
1: <laughs> it was the late 70s, early 80s. I, I believe it was acceptable.
2: But we had a sound of a toilet flushing, which was actually against the sensors, ABC sensors. And they used to come and measure my skirt length. The really? knee-to-thigh ratio. I had the lamb chop underwear on for the waitress Yeah,
1: I remember that. Waitress scene. I remember and that. And
2: they came to measure my knee-to-thigh ratio.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, here's the thing, Sam. I think for guy, older guys like me and Mike, like you, were oh our first, you were like our first crush. Oh, thank you,
2: Ming. I love you. <laughs> you're my first crush, too. <laughs> uh, you're my first podcast crush.
1: Oh, is it really now?
2: Yeah, because I've seen your <laughs> show and I love your show.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. But, I mean, you're not just an actress, so you're a writer. Yeah. You're a comedian. Um, you're an award-winning blogger.
2: Thank you. Uh,
1: you were chased down by a... By Ann. Ann. Ann Coulter.
2: I had a feud with Ann Coulter, a public <laughs> feud. A few death threats. Yeah. yeah. Oh.
1: I, I think a lot of people don't know. Like uh, You were very well-versed in politics.
2: Used to be until the death threats, and I started to go, let's just back off. It's, a, it's, too,
1: it's too volatile. Yeah, what happened? I guess a couple years ago, you wrote a blog post, mm-hmm. and she took offense to it, I guess. I wrote a blog
2: post when I was so innocent and naive, I didn't know... That there were people, I didn't know it was so divisive, divisive, you say potato, I say potato. Is it divisive or divisive? Uh, Either or. Anyway, and I wrote this article called Death is Sexier Than Sex to Ann Coulter, because because she was an extermination speaker. She was ordering the death of anyone who who was pro-choice. Yes. And I wrote a whole article on how, what does pro-life mean? You can go kill an abortion doctor. And I didn't realize the uproar it would cause. You're not supposed to get involved in this kind of stuff. Never discuss religion in public. Yeah, well, you're
1: just spo- you're speaking your mind. Yeah. And I, I, well, I think these days you can.
2: Now you, you can. Talk, you can talk
1: about whatever you want as long as – Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there, there's, I guess, a new PC line that you can't cross.
2: But she – I wrote her a, a note. Just I said, I'm a humor writer. I want to just write a funny article about women that are coming into power, and I'd love to interview you. Here's my home number. Yeah. And then she didn't call me back, and I heard her do some really, really scary statements. She said some pretty horrible things about—she wanted the death of one of the Supreme Court justices because someone should put rat poison in his creme brulee, things like that. So I said, you can't be serious, right? And she says, women shouldn't have the right to vote. And all these women whose husbands died in the 9-11 towers, um, they're just grieferazis. They're just—they're milking our emotions with their grief, I'm like, what an unfeeling, you know, a person who calls, yourself, calls herself a Christian, the golden rule is everything. Right. And she wrote a book, How the Golden Rule Means Nothing. So I wrote, I was going to write a book called How to Talk to Ann Coulter, If You Must. And the first <laughs> article was this silly humor article. And instead of answering me, she posted my home number on her website. Yes. No. And her fans are true
1: haters. They're, yeah, they're harsh. Yeah. they'll. I mean, they're... They'll yeah. send death threats, which they did.
2: They did, but I also got a lot of love mail. 300,000 hits on my website the first couple of days.
1: Yeah, but still, you, 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 get, you, you get all that love, that one death threat, though. <laughs>
2: it's pretty and, scary And, 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 and all those
1: you. don't even matter.
2: Yeah. And I had little boys at the time, and we had to yeah. lock our doors, and there was a weird man that came up to our door and rang the doorbell and ran away, and then there was a white van outside the house. So I, beca- I got really paranoid wow, that for a while. Wow, that is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a good reason to stop. Yeah, I guess. Well, you picked up podcasting.
2: <laughs> I love podcasting.
1: It. Uh, it, it um, how great is it? When did you start? Well, I only way? started
2: last year because I was. I'm coming out with three books, and I just went through three years of having a stalker. This crazy Kelsey Grammer Gene Simmons scandal, which you can't. really oh, right, how silly right. Silly it is. Yeah. The weirdest stalker in the world picks me, the cyber stalker who poses a war hero and blah, blah, blah. I'll describe it. I'll tell you later. But Okay. Um, last year, I was invited to just. I did this big radio show. I yeah. call it a radio show. It was a podcast. Right. With Beats and Eats. Yes. And then they invited me to have my own show. So I figured, why not start?
1: Yeah, Beats and Eats is a, a podcast network. Yeah, great. Uh, We're the two network? gentlemen who are Nick Gelso
2: the- and Ty Ray.
1: I um I love their story because uh, I guess I I um, they did they live across country from each other yeah for a while have have they met I heard the story where they would never met we
2: finally all met in April at the uh, reality rally in Temecula
1: well I, what was that like did it did it I I <coughs> I me. can't imagine so, um, the reason I have you like, we met in February we're like yeah. we should podcast together right. we went back and forth on text for months and. I think ultimately what I want to do I, I, I mean I love Skype. Skype is a good tool Yeah. but if I, I want to be in front of people. I want to look at your, your beautiful face.
2: Oh that's, and, and, that's why we're here. We get to and, look at each other. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's,
1: it, it's fun doing the Skype or phone interview but it's not it's, I don't, it's not the same to me. It's
2: either. not the same to me either. Yeah. This is more fun. It's kind of, I'm kind of nervous.
1: Yeah but they do a great job though doing it uh, via Skype. It's interesting. I,
2: my first Skype interview with them we were laughing so hard we couldn't see straight And I was coming off three years of writing, being underground, just writing comedy, turning every tragedy in my life into comedy because I'd had a crazy divorce and I'd raised three boys and two dogs, including my husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Three boys and two dogs, including (laughs) my husband. And they were all going through puberty at the same time. (laughs) And, And then my husband left me for Gene Simmons. He ran off on the Kiss tour, never came back. Yeah. There was a f- little bit of financial fraud going
1: on. And- uh, you have any good Gene stories? Because Interesting. Uh, I uh, we I'm uh, the season comic book man. Right we actually shot with Gene. Oh my god! What happened with Gene? Tell me. We uh, <laughs> we we got an opportunity to go backstage and meet him. Um, he's actually a, a big comic book fan, so that was the, yeah. the main focus. Yeah. Uh, the other guy I know show Walt Flanagan. Uh, Gene is his is his hero. Uh, Walt grew up loving Kiss. Never yeah. met Gene before, so it was kind of like their first time meeting. But uh, Gene's a character. He's a
2: character. You have Gene's, to love him. You love I, him. I, yeah.
1: I, I do. Although, um, I mean, I, 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 the way he treats women, n- n- not the same way I do. We'll put it that way.
2: Let's put it this way. I was six months pregnant, and I was at a baby shower at some nightclub. And he comes over to me and goes, hey, <laughs> Lid," like, Just like Don Henley did. Or, uh, okay. Hey, Lydia. Because I used to date Paul Stanley. Years ago. Really? Yeah. Paul Stanley and I dated on and off. And Paul seems so a little I more level Gene. headed. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I I'm sorry. Continue.
2: I'm so I'm so paranoid no, someone's no. gonna hear this, but it's gonna be heard by everyone. Yeah. No, Gene came up to me and he said, So, uh, do you wanna go out? And I went, I'm six months pregnant. Yeah. And you're with Shannon Tweed. Right.
1: <laughs> <What is quick? laughs> right.
2: And he went, So? You know, so
1: Yeah, at the time What's he the could deal? at the time he could just kinda be like, We're not married. <laughs>
2: They weren't married. No, That's they didn't right. get married until, like, But they had what, like, children together, and I, I just laughed. He gave me some wonderful stock advice. Great investment advice for my kid's
1: future. I, I wow. mean, if there's one guy who knows how to make money, it's... it's He's brilliant. It, it's a Gene Simmons. He's brilliant. Yeah, so but we have. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, we, just, we had fun meeting him. He was definitely yeah. a character, and we stayed... Uh, so we, we all met him, and uh, you know, we got to stay for the concert, and...
2: It was yeah. not, it oh, was a kiss it was concert a, is a blast.
1: A lot of Fire. A lot of explosions.
2: Yeah, a lot of ex- pyrotechnics—they call it—and Gene's shoes, or at least
1: the platform, six
2: feet high themselves. Yeah. And <laughs> he's he's still, ten he's, feet tall. He's still
1: doing the blood thing too.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was backstage. Oh, so, so I was backstage with Shannon and everybody when my husband was first. We we kind of designed the Kiss bus for the axe based axe based guitar yeah. that my husband helped create with Gene, and then my husband left on tour and said goodbye.
1: That was he and was to live left the, with the kids,
2: so it was He wanted to
1: live the lifestyle, I guess. He um,
2: wanted the rock and roll lifestyle. But there's a longer story to that. There was I'm a sure reason that, for um, all this. But on the red carpet, I was hosting the Variety's Power of Comedy live stream for Kelsey Grammer's network. Yes. The, the year that the whole FBI came to me and said, we've got to investigate the organized crime ring that's behind this network. Nothing to do with Kelsey Grammer. Right. But this, this is when the whole Thursday thing started. Yeah,
1: of course, you get swept up. I this. got swept
2: up in this FBI thing, helping the FBI. But in 2010, just when my husband left, I was interviewing Gene Simmons and Shannon on the red carpet, right. and I said, Gene, you stole my husband. And he goes, Lydia, he wasn't worth it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know. And then the next guy interviews Russell Brand and Patton Oswald, and they all brought up my blog, how much they love yeah. the blog. And... Since then, it's been a roller coaster of crazy. I've written three books in the past three years. You're, so, what are
1: the. You're working on the books. Uh, you, did you tell me you have a comedy album coming out as well? The
2: comedy album is called Hiding My Brain in My Bra. And it's, about, <laughs> it's about Hollywood horror stories, true stories. Uh, I'm, I'm sure
1: you've seen most of them. Lots
2: of those. <laughs> Lots of those. The dumbest things I have done in Hollywood. And. How I turn every tragedy into comedy because I cannot process it any other way. I've had a really bizarre, rough, crazy three years, but I wouldn't trade it for anything yeah. because I learned more lessons. Financial insecurity. I was defrauded by two people. Right. and a stalker. But I made better friends than I've ever had in my life. Um, Facebook. I, I, I gained a huge following of not just friends, but really deep, wonderful friends on Facebook that yeah. protected me. They flew out for the restraining order hearing, for the stalker. Um, I ended up having to rent rooms in my home in Beverly Hills. I had a huge house to take yeah. care of. I have friends all over the world now. Wait, in- hold
1: on. The stalker, ne- his name wasn't Mike Zapsik, was it?
2: No, but okay. I- Mike, I want to meet you. And, and just erase anything you think I said that wasn't...
1: I'll cut it out.
2: Positive.
1: <laughs> I'm cutting it out. Don't worry. I
2: don't even know him. I want to meet him.
1: I... Mike yeah,
2: Zapsig wasn't the stalker. I would rather he be the stalker than this person, which I can't <laughs> say his name. But
1: yeah. Mike's very vanilla. I mean, if he were just, yeah, he would be a very Mike's a Boy Scout. He's, was that way? Oh, that's good. I think you, if if there was a stalker that you would ever want, it would be Mike Zapsig. Yeah, I yeah. begged him. I begged him to stay. He, he's, he, he he loves. You should have
2: told me. I could have come earlier and said hi.
1: He loves you on
2: a Sunday. I was yeah.
1: Around. We were busy at the con that we went out. Oh, to that's right. In, that's right. And kamikaze. And all that. Um, did you do stand-up? Do you?
2: Yes. Do you still do stand-up? I did stand-up with three girlfriends. And we did a show called Pain is Inevitable, Sex Optional. And we all had a fighting. We, were, we broke up. It was like the Beatles breakup. I talked about this on one of my shows. I don't know what happened. There was this entire... I have these kind of philosophical deep jokes, like all human suffering is caused by Victoria's Secret, and I go into (laughs) some really deep territory with men and women, but I won't use the F word. You cannot pay me to use the F word. No.
1: Why is that? Is is that a philosophical- Raising boys.
2: I just, I'm sick of it. I think it's overused.
1: The F word? It's
2: degraded our society. Well, okay. Except for the BF word. (laughs) BF. Okay. A friend of mine was in a restaurant. What's the BF word? B-U-T-T-F-U-C-K-E-R.
1: I can't say
0: it
2: out
1: loud. Okay, never mind. Fucker. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. I don't. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't use. I, I. Not a word. I use my normal like. I'll, I'll drop the F bomb okay. so often.
2: The only reason is that I'm just like mortified by how sexist and, and sexually objectified women are in our society, and everything is the F word. It's too easy. It's yeah. Too easy of a, out for right. comedians. And um, when I was raising kids, I just didn't want it in the house, so my kids would never use it. Which yeah. I'm Did really you have a swear jar? Of.
1: Twenty five percent. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, um, the girl in the show—we did a three-woman show. Pain is inevitable, sex optional. Three comedians. We each wrote our own material. One girl had these kind of like drop-in jokes. Mine were the deep jokes, and this other girl had the big f-word jokes. And it was so great, the three of us, because her f-bombs shocked me, and the audience was loving the
1: the reaction from the you. Dichotomy. Right.
2: Yeah, the juxtaposition of innocent and, and dirty. And suddenly this director comes on board out of the blue And he says, let's cut all those dirty jokes out And I went, no, no, then my material that. is going to sit there like a lead balloon You right. can't do this
1: You need one to set up the other
2: And they wouldn't listen I'm like, please, a director is not supposed to cut material Just no. work with our material right. And she suddenly wanted to be a goody-goody virgin And I'm, you know, always trying to be a virgin again right. <laughs> But I said, not now And there was this great joke And I said at least keep the twisty dick joke in
1: so <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> later i wrote an essay called in defense of twisty dick
1: that uh, that joke writes itself you don't even know to tell that. <laughs> have you have you done stand-up by yourself like my... i've
2: tried it yes I, I have i have i have and I, how, did, it's the it, most how did it how thing thing? did it go horribly horribly horribly
1: i uh, i have some experience with that i was hoping you would oh, give me some advice uh, the, the last... worst
2: thing i've ever done in my life and i now i think it would be fun because I, can, I do public speaking, and they laugh at every yeah. sentence. You can hear them roaring. But if you get up there to do stand-up and you're hoping to make a laugh, you can't. It's,
1: it's, it's just tough. tough. We, did, uh, we did a stand-up night at the store for the show where uh, I competed with uh, uh, Mike, Mike Zavsik oh, and really? uh, Brian Johnson, who's on our show with the big beard. And, um, yeah, we do comic-centric, comic-book-centric stand-up. Oh, now, wow. I, th- I thought I did a pretty good job. Oh,
2: you did! I good. thought I did a pretty
1: good job, but nobody else out there who saw the show <laughs> thought I did a good job. You're kidding? Yeah.
2: You mean you th- you came off the stage thinking you did well? Uh, yeah. And I then did. no one, they all did. said you didn't
1: do well. Yeah. Well, it, it came down to it was an audience vote as to who won, and I got very sparse
2: applause. Oh no! Yeah. But wait a minute. During the, the actual delivery of the.
1: Material? Were you getting laughs? I thought I was, but maybe it wasn't as many laughs as I thought I thought it was. Oh, don't! I don't know. My opening joke was a, It was a. Um, it was a. You know, it was a. My opening joke was a. Uh, what's deader than Peter Parker's Uncle Ben? Uncle Ben's uh, the Uncle Ben's. Yeah. Um, Peter Parker's uncle gets shot, and it starts him on right. his path to Spider Man. And the punchline was, uh, you know, what's deader than Peter Parker's Uncle Ben? Mike Zapsek's love life in the bedroom. <laughs> See, you laughed. It was funny. Well, his, I laughed
2: because I know Mike.
1: Yeah, and uh, his I wife. His, his wife was in the audience. She didn't think it was that funny. Well, no, I don't. That was think my opening. <laughs> that was my opening salvo, <laughs> though, Be, and people thought it was too mean spirited.
2: Well, does it even well, know they who don't he, don't he know is in the audience? Though? though
1: they don't yeah. know who he is. No, with they you. did. Yeah, they knew Mike. They oh, all they knew, knew Mike. They all knew yeah. all of us. Yeah, yeah to me, That's funny. Our audience were all patrons from the store, so they all they all knew Mike. I thought it was. I thought it was funny. Well, who but, won? Did Mike win? Uh, Brian won. He has the most wit out of all of us. And he was supposed to be here as well, but he bailed, he bailed too. The
2: most wit. That's funny.
1: He had, uh, yeah, uh, Bri- yeah, Brian's on the funniest guy I know. And uh, he was going to hang out, but he had, he had had enough of L.A. after two days. So. And
2: what, what bugged him the most about L.A.? What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, I think he was, just, he was tired. Uh, I think the people bugged him. I think the traffic bugged him. He doesn't have much patience. You have to have a lot of patience to live out here.
2: I'll tell you one thing. I have never been in traffic this bad for
1: the past two days.
2: <laughs> Literally, just I couldn't get anywhere, and it's because there's construction.
1: Yeah, and, you know, yeah. well, LeBron was all shut down the busiest streets in LA to put on like the Big Hero Six premiere, which yeah. is actually going on today. Oh. And I was like, okay, you're cutting off a main artery for a movie premiere. I'm like, yeah. okay, but that's Hollywood just
2: gets completely. Are you going shut to the premiere?
1: Uh, I haven't. I, I suppose if I made the right phone calls, maybe I could. <laughs> yeah. I bet we could both go. Yeah, but well, you know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, all right. So, yeah, I was hoping you'd give me some stand-up advice. I think the, the, the advice would be don't do it. <laughs> <Maybe>. The advice <laughs> is
2: don't do it. No. I did the Riviera in Vegas. We did 12 shows. Wow. But I did it with a duo with my girl. We got my girlfriend. That's hardcore, though. I'm not though. gay. Like, but that's,
1: it's okay. That's hardcore.
2: It's hardcore. And Mike Marino was there. and. Yeah. We had a couple of people say we were we killed it one night mm-hmm. only. All the other nights we were horrible. We bombed. I mean, really bombed. Because our comedy is too deep for a bunch of drunk people. They wanted to throw tomatoes. Right. At. Like Get off the stage. Use the f word. Yeah. And I'm too. You know, I was too goody goody. It was know too cerebral. Right? Right? It was for, a little too cerebral. It's for, like George Carlin Vegas. without the f word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even he. I guess even he resorted to the f word. Maybe I think you're onto something though. Wait. He,
2: say that again. George Carlin was ordered off the stage. No, no, no. He
1: he resorted to the f. He used the f word a lot. He
2: did, but
1: he was deep. At least you know. Maybe that's true comedy, is if you can dance around the f word and still make people laugh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. So when I was up there, you know, a couple of my jokes fell flat. Um, is there any worse feeling than bombing? No. Stand-up? Oh my god.
2: <laughs> I never want to do it again. It's like, and I had some horrible auditioning experiences too in L.A. I mean, part of that's in my
1: book, which is horror stories. Do, do you? Do have falling one? Falling on
2: top of a casting director.
1: How <sighs> did the do? you... Do you have one story you can reveal, kind of a teaser to the book, that you would rec- recall? A yeah, audition there's a whole horror lot of story? It. Oh,
2: well, the audition one. There was an Oscar-winning director, and he called me in for the lead in a series, and he since has won three Oscars, and I couldn't calm my nerves, this back when I was drinking a lot. Yeah. You know, I had a couple bottles of vodka in my gym bag, poured
0: into <laughs> Evian bottles,
2: into an Evian bottle okay, of vodka. So clear. Oh, I would know... So I'm drinking it, and, and I'm at the CBS, at the network studio president's office. Yes. And he's in there, and he's excited to introduce me because I've been a star of another show. And he was like, I've been a fan of yours for so long. Please, I want you to the lead in this pilot. And I'm like, I was so nervous. And I was wearing stilettos that were like six inches tall, leather, tight-squeezed-in right. leather pants.
1: You looked amazing. I,
2: you know, well, for women, you can never look thin enough, young enough.
1: no. We'll, we'll Big
2: get, boobed enough in never. Hollywood, you're never good enough.
1: Okay,
2: especially when you go through those in low self-esteem That's tough. times, right? So even though you think you look like a ten, you never you never feel good enough in this yeah. town. And I was dealing with issues that I hadn't resolved with my whatever family, so I was I started drinking heavily and I was carrying the vodka everywhere. It was really bad, so I didn't realize how tipsy I was. <laughs> and I, <laughs> they finally called me in, and wow. I literally I I. And to cover the vodka, which doesn't have any, I sprayed perfume in my mouth. Oh and I was reeking. The,
1: so Chanel number reeking. 5. And her. Yeah.
2: And I I just danced into the room and I went, Hi, everybody. And I just fell on top of him and the cast of yeah. people. Oh like a dominoes. God. I fell on top of them. And then I bounced back up and went, Oh, hi. And I could not keep my, my words were slurring. And I kept making up excuses. And they were just looking at me like, who are you? What just happened? He was trying to introduce right. me. It's pretty horrifying, yeah, right? So you got the part. I didn't get the part. Oh, okay. But it started the best thing in my life. I'm 20 years sober now.
1: Congratulations. Thank you.
2: Congratulations. My baby is 20, so I'm a little bit... He's a little older than I am, a, but I never drank a damn. of my but was life it, did you I've start, never had a craving since. Was
1: it the pressure that drove you to drink, though? Yeah. So you went through... There was a lot of pressure, especially you know when you're... On Women
2: the, in Especially
1: when you were on the show. Um, yeah. But uh, even your audition for Too Close for Comfort it was that was fun. A, 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 a circus. Um,
2: that was the best thing that ever happened to me, but I was such a green... I was like a kid out of you but know, that's what Texas. They, but
1: that's what they wanted, and it worked. Exactly. So, you heard that whole so, story. So uh, um, correct me when I'm wrong. I, I, um, you were late to the audition. Yeah. Was it raining? It was
2: raining. I had to take a bus. Yes. Why did I take a bus? I had a car, but I don't remember
3: why. I, I, I took this, this bus. This sounds
1: familiar, Samantha. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: I didn't have a car for nine months when I moved out here. I took the buses and I biked everywhere. Right. So I'm so, well versed in the bus system. here. Yeah. How long ago? You, when did I get a, a car? When did you, how long ago did you move out here? Uh, about a year ago, last September. <gasps> oh, congratulations! Yeah, I, yeah, I, what like you, you survived. I I'm just amazed. pushed past the one year mark. So
2: congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. But I came out here. I just graduated college. I had a bachelor of science degree in business, but my year, I'd always wanted to be an actress, and it was like a drive that was a volcano. And the minute I got here, I was discovered, my three casting directors and the people who, they had a young kid named Michael J. Fox. He was 21.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think we've, I've heard of this, Michael, yeah. Michael, Michael Fox. Michael J.
2: Fox. He was 21, I was 26. Three, 23, man. 23. And they, um, he was playing a 12-year-old on Palmerstown, USA, and these managers grabbed me and they saw my picture in the paper, and then the Academy Players Directory, and they said, We'd like to bring you in on lots of pilots for the networks. So the minute I went and signed with them, yeah, they had me up for three pilots. I didn't get the first two, but they went straight to network. And the third one, it's really strange. If you, don't, if you sign your life away, if you sign up for a pilot, you can't do another pilot. Right. So it's lucky the other two didn't go because yeah. they didn't happen anyway. And when I got this audition, I was schlepping through the rain and I had on... Um, I had a sweater, right. like a cheerleader sweater and tight jeans, and I was like clonking with clogs through the rain. When does it rain in California? I know, exactly.
1: <laughs> but you got, well, apparently rain's good luck around here. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and I walked
2: in, I was late, and they go, okay, one more girl. And they, f- first the secretary said, no, we can't see you. They're finished with casting for the day, and I went, oh, I have to go all the way back. I missed it. And the producer comes out, Arnie Sultan, he goes, hey, she looks the part, let her read. Yeah. And when they brought me in, the script. There was a man in the corner, Tom Warner. Yeah, he's Marcy Carcy yep, yeah, partner. Yep, Car-
1: Carcy Warner.
2: And Bob Stolfi and Arnie Sultan, who created Get Smart with Mel Brooks. Right. And they were just watching me, and I started reading the script with somebody in the room. Yeah,
1: I know. Ted was there too, right? Ted was Ted, Ted was there, there the next day at okay. the network. Oh, okay, okay. But
2: that day in the in the actual room, there was a line in the script that says, "Sarah gives Dad a raspberry." And the line was something like, in case you haven't noticed, we're two very mature, sophisticated young women. So there, and, and I'm supposed to do a raspberry, raspberry like a as a cheer, right?
1: That's not what you did.
2: Instead, I, I went, so there, and I it, the direction said, Sarah gives dad a raspberry. So I picked up an imaginary raspberry and I went, so there, and I thrust my arm out and the producer's going, what the hell is this? What's this thing What's the, you're giving me? What are you
1: me? doing? Give a, Where's the raspberry? Like, and what they burst
2: about? out laughing. They go, you don't know what a raspberry is?
1: You're perfect.
2: You're perfect <laughs> for the part. And Tired. Just, just about. They were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Can you be at the network tomorrow morning to meet Ted Knight? And the, and, the, <laughs> and I went in wearing a virginal dress. And all the other girls were wearing skin tight. You know, Their boobs yeah, were showing. Right. And I was looking like a virgin. And that's what they wanted. And Ted and I read together. And it was magic. And... I got
1: the part and it right it Started there on you on, the a, spot. On, a, on a long and strange journey uh, into too close for comfort world.
2: It was very magical and wonderful until wow. until it, everyone got paranoid and everything was about ratings and Hollywood it, can kind of kill your soul.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I've noticed that. Um, yeah, I mean, show was a huge hit. Um, yeah, you in particular were a huge hit, and it, I you. guess it seemed like some people didn't like that. <laughs> well, they didn't. They, I guess they don't want, want it to become the Sarah Rush show.
2: They didn't want it to become the Suzanne Summers debacle again because she had gotten. She held the whole her show, Three's Company, yeah. hostage for more money. She held the whole show up, and yeah, everyone hated her. And my producers yeah. produced that show too.
1: Yeah, but you were on the other end. You were like, I just want to work. I, just like, I work, don't. I need... work
2: for free. Yeah. You know
1: what? Yeah, I, that's where I think we're cut from the same cloth. Like I would be doing what I'm doing for free unfortunately you can't, I love
2: you for that you
1: can't, well you do it because it's fun right oh, and a lot God. of people don't see it that way and it's frustrating
2: I, of course I got all day long of course fun. I
1: got mortgages and to pay and you know you know I want to you know I want baller suites at the sunset marquee and that takes money but, but it's but,
2: like Joseph Campbell said follow the bliss and the money will follow follow your bliss and the money will follow
1: yeah so far so good i guess you know so uh, you know we're both sitting here we must be doing something right
2: yeah definitely and if i forget that and i I go into worry and fear nothing happens i almost stop myself from from success yeah but the more i'm in the creative zone having fun yeah things come to me doors
1: open yeah you had a lot of personalities to deal with on the show i only have to deal with three of them um you know, on, on the on the one that I that I've been who's the toughest thrown in one? Uh, Brian Johnson by far. He's uh he's a he's a big guy. Yeah, he's got a beard, and uh, he's the one that took off after two days. He's um right. he's my main antagonist in real life and on the show. So
2: you're willing to admit this on the air? You admit this? Oh all yeah, the
1: time? I think people people know <laughs> it's, what, it's 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 what kind of makes the show. Yeah, I think, of course, um, of course. Where he'll you know he throws he throws a lot of barbs my way. You know he's he's.
2: Do you really like it, or do you resent him, really?
1: No, no, I, I, it's, a little, it'll, it's a little of both. Wow. I mean, there are days where he absolutely frustrates me, Yeah. and there are other days where he's, like, the greatest guy in, Like I, He's yeah. one of the funniest guys I know. Unfortunately, a lot of that humor is aimed at me. But, you know, that's definitely, it's definitely a part exactly. of our show, yeah. and, and people seem to like it. Or even if they dislike it, they tune in to watch it. So. They love
2: that. Well, yeah. Ted Knight and I had a love-hate relationship.
1: Yeah, that's what I had heard, and I actually mentioned it to you, Mike and Brian, and they were surprised. Really? I don't know why. I guess yeah, they were surprised. I guess maybe his public persona, you know, up until he died, was maybe he was a nice guy Ugh. and all that. And <laughs> no, I,
2: I just ran into Ed Asner and Dick Van Dyke mm-hmm. last weekend at a wedding, and I was hanging out with them, and they both said, everybody said Ted Knight. It was a nightmare to work. With. Not Ted nightmare. You shouldn't speak Ted nightmare. Ted nightmare. I shouldn't speak. I love the dead. Yeah, but I actually love him, and I had a yeah.
1: great time with him.
2: But he was like, "Daddy, Daddy, jurist." He was like, Mother jurist." Yeah, Dearest. I, I think Joe uh, yeah, Crawford version. I had
1: heard stories about, um, you know, maybe your uh, you weren't, your eyeline wasn't what he wanted oh, yeah. it to be, and he yelled at... You know, he got, he wouldn't even yell at you directly. He would yell at the directors. And he why goes, "What is she is doing? She doing?
2: The... Why is she moving on my line?" Yeah, because I would was so nervous about working with him yeah. that I would look up, I couldn't look him in the eye and I looked above him his forehead. Right. And he kept standing on his toes to get into my line of vision. And then I scratched my nose on his punchline because yeah. I was so nervous. It was so unprofessional of me to do that. I, and here I am like this young kid that kind of came right into the show. Right. And then Nancy Dussault got mad. She said, young people shouldn't be allowed to be in shows unless they've had years of Broadway training. I went,
1: oh, <laughs> st- okay, really? right, yeah.
2: Thanks. Yeah. I'd had many years of... Theater training. Yes. On, in many plays in Scarsdale
1: High School. But, you know, please. Little did they know that you were everybody's favorite. Thank you. I, no, it's That's true, so though. That's sweet of you to it's say that. It's absolutely true. I, I, I know you, me and Mike Ming. tuned in to see you. You know, you know, 10 night, it's funny. Jim J. Bullock.
2: Oh, God, Jimmy and I are still really close friends. Did you hear our podcast? I did. I heard
1: your podcast. That's I crazy. love I love how you were able to call. Um, I think he Skyped in. or Did he call in? Yeah. And you guys he was picked? in my
2: house, actually, that
1: day. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you guys had picked up like no time had passed.
2: I know. We are like thick as thieves.
1: I also love how you admitted you had a crush on him and then you, found, you were devastated. I was the only
2: idiot in you... love with a gay guy. Nobody else.
1: I, mean, I was so cute. Uh, I, you, I don't think they you were are. alone. He was, the, I mean, wasn't he kind of brought on to be the kind of the, the heartthrob to the females?
2: Yeah, but I, everyone else was so aware that he was gay. And I oh, didn't okay. think so. I'm like, yeah. Jenny Jones laughed at me. She goes, Lydia, you were barking up the wrong tree.
1: Yeah. I, my is not that good either. My Gator's not that good I just,
2: either. I just want to be f-
1: – I just love everybody. So. I love
2: everybody too. Yeah. But Jimmy was so adorable because anyone that can make me laugh like that, I'm just putty in their hands. Yeah. You know, I'll go anywhere for a laugh.
1: I think you're – me and Brian – this Brian Johnson would get along then. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's pretty – he's pretty funny.
2: Is he married? I
1: have to. Actually, no. Actually, he's not married.
2: I'm single suddenly.
1: Yeah, Brian, you are you he's listening? He's got
2: like a ZZ Top beard yes. or something. Do you
1: like beards? Do you like facial hair?
2: Maybe, kind of. I like your skin very much.
1: I can't grow a beard, nice. so
2: I kind of like the smooth look.
1: Okay, but it depends. I, yeah, I can't grow a beard to save my life. So, but yeah, you're gonna that's have to. Good. Well, why? And I'm married. I'm sorry, Lydia. I
2: love the I'm fact not, that you can't grow facial sorry. hair. Sorry, <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I really. <laughs> think I can't grow. No, either way, all, all, I like everything. As long as they have a great personality. Yeah.
1: Did you have fun? Wasn't it? A, was it a fun experience overall? I it mean, was I know. It, I know. I guess maybe in the beginning it was fun, and kind of as, as you said, uh, it got to be more about ratings. It was a blast. Money. Except
2: they kept me under watch. Like I remember, I came to the. After, we had a food truck and a commissary, but it was at KTLA studios, yes. and there wasn't really a real cafeteria. We had the show Solid Gold. All in the Family was filmed on our soundstage. Yeah. Um, Madam. Some Judy Landers show was next door to yeah. us. Waylon and Madam.
1: Mike would This is why I need him here. Yes, I, you I, need I, him
2: here. <laughs> so I came. I was eating a lot one day, and I brought a burrito, a taco, a bag of M M&M, and M, some chips, and I'm carrying all this into the set. And Arnie Sultan yelled at me. He goes, "What the heck? And I and he goes, "Don't you know you're a sex symbol? You can't eat starch in those days. And
1: carbs and yeah, it was, it was called starch, starch, not
2: carbs. You know, saying starch, right, yeah, starch, and." All the food went flying and I, you know, they were like you can't eat like that. You have to stay thin. And that moment on I realized this is a really bad industry for women. It's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's they tough. don't say that to the guys ever. No. And I had posters, bikini posters and really kind of risque ABC network. Yeah, they were doing that to that. to
1: promote the show. They, yeah. they used your you know, your your sexiness.
2: And I was on the cover the of a lot of magazines in yeah. these bikinis and now that I have kids and I look at young, I mentor a lot of teen girls. It's, it's disturbing in a way that yeah. women are used simply for the fluff and the fodder and the sex. Of it,
1: uh, it's still like that, Lydia.
2: It's worse.
1: Yeah, actually it's it, gotten is, worse. it is worse. It is worse. So
2: I wrote a movie called Venus Conspiracy about a plot to keep us thin and insecure. And it's about a real true life. It's a comedy thriller. But the logline is all human suffering is causeway Victoria's secret in a good way. <laughs> In Victoria's Secret. It's pretty true. It's pretty true. Yeah. You know, who needs to see those catalogs in our mailbox when you're married? You know.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an enormous pressure, though. It's, it's like pretty much. Like, it's like, listen, I want to eat.
2: Well, Deborah Von Valkenberg <laughs> played she, my sister. Did she Jackie. face the
1: same? Pressures? Well,
2: here's what happened to her. The only reason she took a sitcom role at all was because she was being sued by Chuck Freeze Productions for gaining weight on a mini series <laughs> that she was hired for. And she was never fat. When I met her, and this is, I found that out when I, after she was cast as my sister, my older sister, Jackie. Yeah. And the day I got the part at, at the ABC network with Tony Thomopoulos in the room and everyone and Ted Knight, they actually gave me the role of that right then and there. And they said, we never do this. We're going to tell you before we could call your agent, but you have the role of Sarah. We'd like you to meet your sister, Jackie. And they brought Deborah out. And we were all up in the exec offices. And Deborah goes, what's your last name? Because I didn't know, I put down Lydia Kornilov with a K.
1: Yeah, you your Kornilov, yeah. your Godgiven God-given... My God-given your name. birth certificate name. My
2: natural name. So, um, birth name. So she said, Kornilov, do you have a father? Is, do you, are you related to anyone named Gregory Kornilov? And I said, that's my dad. And she goes, I work for Gregory Kornilov in New York City. I, I've been working for him for five years, sending telexes to Holland. And I went, we live in Holland. That's my father. So of all the people in New York to work for, do yeah. you ever work for my dad?
1: Yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> Dink. Yeah, so she was kind of almost your true sister then. And then I found really. out
2: she'd just been fired from a movie of the week for gain, for having been a little more heavy-looking than I yeah. thought.
1: Yeah, something that's judged completely by somebody else. And yeah. It was all relative, really.
2: So that kind of that's informed huge. my decision to make this movie, Venus Conspiracy. Yeah. Which is, which is a really funny movie about materialism. Yeah. and
3: Hollywood's not a safe spot for... For women,
2: not a safe spot. It's too bad, you know. I think it's getting better, but then they say it's getting better, and it's actually not. Yeah, just have to go be creative and do our thing.
1: Yeah. So Samantha here is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter. That's why she came out here. Thank you. But I think wow. you know the same pressures still exist.
2: Yeah, for women. Except yeah. Adele broke the
3: Adele broke the mold. Yeah, right. I and mean, People like Kelly Clarkson sort of pioneered, like, I'm going to do what I want to, and like look how I want to, and like, what matters is my voice, and um, but I will say I've had a lot of people be like, okay, well, you're small and that's sort of your thing and stay that way. And Ugh. I've had people tell me I've worked for people who have been like, yeah, well, I've been trying to like lose a couple of pounds and you probably should too, since we're doing this together now. And like, I've had people kind of approach me about those sort of things and I'm a huge foodie. So I'm like, <laughs> "Me too." I'm
2: like, "What? I'm going to go eat like a bacon, egg and cheese really quick. <laughs> <laughs> you, I hate when people always look at me and they go, you look great. Or you know, it's always about how you look. Yeah. But we're so hypersensitive to that in LA. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's-
2: Hence the show
1: "Hot in Cleveland," which is about
0: I'm not hot in
2: LA, but I'm hot in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and I um and yeah yeah, yeah uh, back then uh, um you went through some odd techniques on camera techniques. Was there like a story about uh, like white out on the teeth?
2: Oh yes, yeah, and- so I used to paint my uh-huh. teeth with liquid paper.
1: <laughs> what? Just-
2: I used really? to paint my teeth with liquid paper. Oh and not: be-
1: Yeah, be- before teeth <laughs> you whiteners <know>.
2: <laughs> <to laughs> Before teeth whiteners were invented, because wow. I was, I was obsessed with. I thought Farrah Fawcett was the was a star because of her teeth. I was such a weirdo because I really never thought I was good enough. I don't think anyone comes to Hollywood seeking fame unless they're really demented or they have <laughs> deep insecurities or they weren't loved enough at home. Because if you talk to Tom Cruise or almost any big star. They've had these deep childhood issues where they don't feel good enough or they weren't loved enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, I don't blame my mother or anything, but I know I came from a perfectionistic family and a a family of musicians, violinists, artists. But at the same time, if you're not, I was also Little Miss Cotton, this contest where I was, every hair had to be perfect. Yes. I was a child model.
1: Beauty contest.
2: Yeah, my mother didn't push me into that. I wanted to do that myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I mean, really uh, embarrassing.
1: Very good genes in your family. So why? Yeah. You, Thank and, you. So why not do it?
2: Why not do right. it? But then again, <laughs> when you're little and you're told you're pretty all the time, believe it does not help a child to be told they're pretty every day because then mm. they live for that. Yeah. So there's something about our culture that's so outer-oriented. That's, and I'm really a writer at heart and a poet at heart. And, yeah. You know, like we all are.
1: Yeah. We so, live
2: in our fantasies.
1: Yeah. Well, I I I know I live in a fancy world. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you live in the superhero world. We're,
1: we're both very lucky, though.
2: Very uh, lucky.
1: So uh, you so you partied out here. You, you actually have history here at the Sunset Marquee. I partied
2: here a lot. Did you
1: do you remember partying here? Yeah, And I mean you God. weren't doing it. Billy right then. Joel hung it. I know Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah,
2: because I worked at Caribou Ranch in Colorado, which is the coolest recording studio in the world. It's now a Closed down, but it was where Billy Joel Mm -hmm. recorded one of his first albums, and Elton John recorded Caribou there, and the Beach Boys owned it with Chicago, the band Chicago. Yeah,
1: so this was like the party spot.
2: Yeah, and so this was the party spot, so when I first met Billy Joel, he's like, come on You met him here. I met him in Colorado.
1: Oh, okay. I crashed his
2: entire band into a snowbank. What? Driving <laughs> him up from the airport. Okay. I I pretended to be the ranch photographer, photographer, and I took blurry pictures, and pictures of Joan Mitchell
1: that's right, or, that's right So you were your whole family is involved in music. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and and I, was and I, uh, so yeah, you were involved in the music world. And my, uh, and and my sister's out. a rock star. She's, she had four she
2: had albums out. She played with Stevie Ray Vaughan, guitarist. I forget, I uh, forget I about those I how how are you I don't. I Well, I was. I was the road manager for Michael Moore's Wild
0: Wild Fire. Tommy Tommy, probably remembers a bit of who. no! Oh no! Howard, actually, um, yeah,
2: yeah, I'm older older, yeah. to embrace I want to it. I it Yeah, yeah. Let's not, let not. Um but I worked but at Carol K- King campaign, and all these people the Ozark Mountain the, 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 the and Daredevil, Joel's first album. Everybody's everybody running around with cocaine out of their Nose, noses with huge Kleenexes call them Kleeneye. And oh David oh, Cassidy from the Partridge family was up there. And all the kitchen girls and I was a ranch girl and I was in college in Boulder, earning money for school. Right. So I worked up there. But my secret wish was to break into the music industry that way through the back door. Yes. Um Managing rock bands and stuff. I wasn't going to be a singer, but I wanted to break into show business backwards. Yeah. And the music industry was cool because Clive Davis, I'd read Clive Davis's book, The Arister Records, how he started Arister Records and how he searched for bands. And I discovered a band called Raw Honey down at Netherland at the Pioneer Inn. So I used to go and like hunt down bands. And my dream was to just be this big music manager. <laughs> and instead I ended up Getting hit on by the guys, doing <sighs> cocaine with all the guys up yeah. at the ranch, and we caught David Cassidy. Oh, I shouldn't talk about this. Okay. He's still living. Never and, mind.
1: All right. Well, I mean, it was the, we were talking about late 70s, early Cool 80s, right? gossip stuff, yeah. Where, I mean, that's what everybody did. Everyone was putting up powder up their nose yeah. and, oh and my um, God. and sunset up here and, and, and here. So we, we, we'll,
2: but the people I remembered from there, I ended up hanging out with here at the hotel. Yeah. Bobby Lamb from Chicago. And do you know that he doesn't remember anything because he had huh. a mound of it?
1: Oh, right! Like to this a, like day, a he goes, Scarface. I don't
2: remember those days very well. Like a Scarface sized yeah. pile. Yeah. yeah. That was a terrible time. I can't believe we survived it. <laughs> oh my God, the eighties were the worst.
1: Yeah, Well, you know, every, you know Reagan and everything was good. And everything there was, was money flying around and. And, yeah, and so, I
2: literally went around in limos. I, I I threw a fit when I had a hissy fit for not going first class once. ABC was flying me around the country with Tom Hanks.
1: Yeah, I think you deserved it. Thanks, and they didn't I was do it. Yeah, a
2: baby, I was spoiled. Like, we're not going first class. I can't go.
1: That's all right. There, there's one of us in our group who's like that too. So <laughs> it's not. It ain't me. Well,
2: I'm recovered from all that. I mean, I'm more humble now. <laughs> I had to really crash and burn to find my.
1: I th- well, I think the difference between that is like you've earned it, my friend. Like I haven't, so thank you. Think- <laughs> you've earned it. I, I, I'm I'm more, I'm still working on it. I'm not I'm not Lydia Cornell. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm working toward it. Um, can I bring up one funny yeah story? Mm-hmm. So if you go on YouTube right now uh, and you ter- type in the search terms uh, "Battle of the Network Stars Lydia Cornell." <laughs> oh, God. There was a clip, I believe, 82? <laughs> I believe, uh, uh, so Sam, this is a phenomenon which kind of went by the wayside in maybe the mid-80s, yeah. which I wish they would bring back. There was a TV show out there called Battle of the Network Stars, okay. where back then there was only three TV stations, uh, ABC, CBS, NBC. Right. And they would be kind of run these weird kind of field day games between Tournament. all the actors on all the TV shows. So I guess an analogy now would be... You would, have, with the stars. you would have, you yeah, I guess so. But uh, I guess you would have, uh, you know, actors from like Glee versus um, actors from like CSI, yeah, okay. versus like actors Breaking from Bad. Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, and they would do things like, you know, relay races and <laughs> where you pass a <laughs> baton races. and
3: dunking tanks like yeah, Dunk, tanks, dunk relay. tanks relays,
1: and I'm, I'm trying to remember all the, the other. One wacky. I did the games. worst one, the kayak. So uh, oh Lydia God. was involved in this, I believe, eighty one, eighty two, yeah, 82. where um, they. It was a kayak relay race in a big Olympic-sized pool. Four-person Gosh. relay race where they had to jump in a kayak, uh, row to the other side, go around a pylon, and come back. So you were on a team with...
2: ABC. Baby. You were
1: with uh, William Shatner. William Shatner. And who were the other two? Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear, yes. I thought it was the two Heathers, Heather Thomas too, but no. Yeah, there had to be he- another
2: guy There were guy two who big was... famous Heathers at the time. Heather Locklear, William Shatner, Joan Collins was on my team. Yes. John Davidson from Dynasty. John, yes.
1: Yeah, and and, and, me. and it was the only time. And I mean, they would never. I guess they would never do this. now. it was the only time where you would flip on the TV and see <laughs> one of your favorite stars in like a speedo. <laughs> like Shatner was literally wearing a speedo. John Davidson was wearing a speedo. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh! <laughs> speedo. Oh, wait, with a girdle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and there. were doing. It was the greatest thing in the world. Thank so there was Balanai Stars that. and Circus of the Stars.
2: Oh, Circus of the Stars, I never did that one. Trapezes. Did they, Charlene Tilton from Dallas. Yeah, so Klein Circus of the Stars
1: was where you would take TV show stars and make Roof them do circus acts.
2: The of people, my goodness. Yeah, and so Howard was, Cosell, the Howard, most famous newscaster, pro sportscaster ever, Howard is shouting to, my name. Cornell cannot get the kayak turned around. Cornell geez, is criticizing the kayak. Cornell
1: is in <laughs> deep trouble. Go, yeah. I was so
2: nervous. I couldn't even think. So I had no. I kept going like this instead of just doing an even thing.
1: Yeah. So what? happened? I was you're, you're
2: doing both of the same uh, time? T-
1: <laughs> did you have the second leg, I believe, or the third leg? I can't remember. But, um, you, know, remember, you, you, guys, but you guys started out well.
2: Oh, really? For like. You guys started five out well, and then, then I it, screwed up the whole thing.
1: Kind of got to you. you. You had a little trouble navigating Thank the boat. Thank you for your we'll politeness. Put, we'll put it that way. I mean, you're not a professional. Oh, come on. The
2: worst thing was that you're on camera, and all, and you keep hearing in your voice. In your head, suck your stomach in, look thin and good.
1: Oh, is that what you were worried and about? And so you're worried you about look, how you look. <laughs> you look fine, my friend. I wasn't looking at that. I was. Uh, oh, I was looking at that. But I wasn't no, but looking when at I your get out, technique. All the QT,
2: the fake tanning cream, dripped off onto the white towel, like orange, like yellow. It
1: looked like something. And this something, is this is, like yep, urine. Yeah. And this is was eighty. Like, this eighties bronzer. They hadn't perfected it at this
2: point. <laughs> it was like, and then Lorenzo Lamas picked me up at one of those events. Yeah. Said, <laughs> Hey, you want to have dinner?
1: So, uh, yeah, you had a little trouble navigating the boat, and you say ABC didn't win. Because
2: of me, I screwed up the whole thing. I it was really, so humiliating. I don't
1: blame you. Did they let you practice before? You all. jumped no. in cold. Cold. You jumped in cold. Okay, well then, how can you blame you?
2: But you That's a lot of pressure. I'll, I'll never forget that feeling, like, oh, I'm really fucking up, and I'm ruining it for everyone. Oh, I said the F word.
1: Sorry, <laughs> right, do you want me to bleep it? I can bleep it. I'll do it later in post. Okay,
2: just take the you
1: that one. I I never heard anyone really use that.
2: Okay, I'll tell you. That's a funny story behind that.
1: Yeah. So if you're, uh, I'll do I, it if,
2: for the X-rated version.
1: If you're, yeah, if you're on YouTube, uh, let's look, look that. It's, it's it's not only entertaining okay. because you're on it, Thank but you. it's just the whole concept. I really wish they would bring back. But I guess there's probably liability now.
2: Oh, bring back um, uh, Battle of the Network.
1: Yeah.
2: Why in the hell haven't they? That would be the ultimate reality I show. I think. So. Yeah.
1: I think so. I guess. I, I guess. You Maybe can, too
2: many lawsuits. People getting that's hurt. What I, that's, what I was, that
1: was, that's what I was thinking. Now Shatner,
2: oh God, Nick he, and Nick was, Jell so
1: love Shatner so much. What was he like to be on? A, I kind of so. Well, here's. Do you have a Shat, I have a Shatner story. I have a
2: couple of Shatner stories, but
1: go ahead. Uh, so me. we were at a. We do. We go around the country and we're doing comic book conventions, and at one guy he was placed next to us, mm-hmm. and it was clear he didn't want to be there. And he keeps doing them, you know, and he didn't want to be there. Wouldn't look at us. Wouldn't talk to us. And oh my God. he had to, we had a take him, He had to kind of come behind us, and he was just kind of like mowing his way through, not you know, and kind of pushing people all You're the way. You're kidding! And it was just like, dude, like you, know, hi, you know. Oh, it was yeah. That's, that's just terrible he's there. To, he's there to make money. It's a business.
2: But still, you've got it. Your business is your is your yeah.
1: But it's pretty clear to you know. Our kind. quest. Our question is like, if you don't want to be here, why are you here? Right. And it's well because he's charging eighty dollars per autograph. That's why. So.
2: He's rich enough. I've heard. Yeah.
1: But, uh, we're, um, yeah, what was he like to be on that relay team with? Well, Did first of all, he, I think
2: he was wearing a hairpiece. <laughs> okay, and I think, he didn't yeah. want to get it wet. There's no think. And I love you, Bill, because I had a date with him, actually, after his really? wife died. That's another story. But yeah. um, I
1: the, do wait, love the Shadner. one where she drowned? hmm Okay. I
2: was helping her. She called me a couple days before that, and I'd met her at a thing where you meet people yes. to help them. Recover. Yeah. And he was waiting to pick her up outside and she was so distraught over, over the tabloids, destroying her marriage, saying that she's the cause of William Shatner not having a happy life, that if she can't stop (laughs) drinking, he's not going (laughs) to survive this terrible marriage. And he was very loving toward his wife, Noreen. And I spoke at a big meeting and I have this, I had this amazing miraculous supernatural Godshot story about Mike recovery. Yeah. It's like, it's like spine tingling. If I never believed in miracles before, I believe in them right. now over, and it's God is love, not, not religious stuff. But amazing miracles happened to me, and I have such a, a powerful story. And she stood up and went, Please call me. I love this. I need to talk to you. So I called her that night. She seemed fine. The next day, she was fine. And then she didn't call me the third day. And, and, and then she just, died that night. Yeah.
1: Wow.
2: And I was at the funeral, and I, my, um, the woman that sponsors me is a very famous singer's wife and she brought all of us to the funeral
1: to comfort him right
2: and he was a really sweet guy he was a really good husband he didn't he didn't do anything have anything to do with this she was a no. radioactive
1: drink no he wasn't even home i think he came home yeah. and found her and right? she was so, at the bottom of the pool yeah
2: but she was a radioactive drunk and that's like the story What's a of a radioactive drunk you just you drink and you, you're lit up so oh, okay lit you're lit you're you would, so lit
1: that you're radioactive you'll
2: bounce off the walls and you will dive into a pool and you'll crack your head and yeah. not even feel it right. it's like you won't know you're dead it's just so terrifying to be that much of an alcoholic. And the stories he told me were that she... He and I became friends after that. The joke is that he picked me up at her funeral, but that's not true. <laughs> we became friends for a few weeks, and we went to dinner. Right. He's a really good guy. Yeah. But he, he brought starch blockers to the dinner. And... He's really interesting. He loves food. Oh, he's okay. Really cute. We're he was getting... eating bread. He says you can eat all the bread you want with starch blockers. Oh, <laughs> is that okay? Blocker. Yeah. And then he starts eating bread and buttering it so much he buttered his sleeve and the bread fell down his sleeve. Oh my god, he's a funny guy. Yeah, so
1: he's he's got a goofy side. He's made me laugh. Yeah. yeah okay, which you love. That's <laughs> made that me laugh. a one way to your heart. Yeah. He's a good maybe guy. not boyfriend material. Maybe not. But but he'll make you yeah. laugh. Um, he was a
2: little older than I was at the time. So he's gotten younger now. Um. He just wanted to be married. Some men have to be married, and they were in a hurry to get remarried. And but he's a legend and an icon. And yeah, here. Uh, I grew, uh, oh, I grew oh, up watching sure. him, and for he was sure. like such a cutie. Yeah. But sure. um, then on Battle Network stars, Joan Collins and William Shatner would not get in the pool. They wouldn't get wet.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was they were worried to do all
2: the water sports. Yeah. And I was like, "Why <laughs> everything
1: the dunking?" I, I, I'm you're, like, under- you're, "You're like me. You don't say no. You'll, you're like, oh, 'Oh, well, let's do it. Let's yeah, go.'" I and know that what's they, yeah, it. I don't. Yeah, it's frustrating working with people who are like, "I don't want to do that." Yeah, like, come but on. But at least they
2: can say no. I mean, I'm not saying no to a lot. Of I don't. People. I
1: don't say no to anything, and people know it. Though that's a problem. Interesting. You know? I'm the. Uh, if you watch, show, I'm the guy who does everything that no one else wants to do. So, but
2: Ming, that's why so. you're popular and famous. People love you.
1: Is that the key? Mm-hmm. Be, I, I, if that's your advice to me, I'm say gonna,
2: yes for the experience and the joy and the fun, and you'll have a great life.
1: Amen. Yeah. Amen.
2: I will do anything for a new experience that isn't
1: BF. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just kidding. Uh, now, one thing, uh, me and the other guys had joked around. There's one thing uh, me and the guys that <laughs> joked around um, a, c- about a couple weeks ago, and actually it's something yeah, that you were involved in. Um, what? Uh, we were asking each other, like, hey, uh, let's say the USO called us. Would yeah. you go on a USO tour? Yeah. And we kind of looked at each other. Now, me, of course I would. Oh, cool. Of course I would. You would do that. Um, and the other guys were like, you know what? We could get killed. We'd get shot. Like, would people want to come see us? I think that was the main question. It was like, what are we going to do up there? Wow. But you actually went on a USO tour in 1982.
2: Yes, and I would never say No. Over and over and over. I went not knowing I was flying right into a war zone, an active okay, war they kept, zone.
1: They kept that information from you? Yeah,
2: and that Bob Hope was too scared to go, and he pretended to have eye trouble that year. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yay, I'm going Christmas Eve.
1: Wait, was it Beirut, Lebanon? Beirut, Lebanon. Beirut. Okay, yeah. And it
2: was during um, the UN peacekeeping forces were all... Had taken over Beirut. It was a blackout city. There was not any lights. And that, there were so many minefields. I didn't know that part either when we landed. Oh, of
1: course they don't tell you that. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. And the Marines are picking us up, paratroopers at this blacked-out airport in the middle of a field somewhere. And they go, now, we got to be careful of the mines. And I'm like, no. You're kidding, right? They, they have scoping, but it's still black. Yeah. And we're driving through the fields, minefields. And the entire hotel has been bombed out. So we were, like, put on the 14th floor right, right yeah. above. And I was with Captain Dale Dye, one of the first...
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 the Marines... Uh, yeah, he works in, uh, in film production now, uh, training did, people... Saving um, Private Ryan you know, and they, all those movies, when yeah. When they need authentic, uh, you know, wars... Yeah, he trains the actors to be, yeah. like, soldiers.
2: He told me quite a story that night. We were all sitting around drinking whiskey out of a
1: canteen. <laughs> <laughs> Calm the nerves And we're wearing bit. Arab hair
2: dresses. And, and we're all... I was with this wonderful singer from... African-American singer from the CNH Sugar Commission. Was Kelly Patterson, beautiful woman. And Johnny Grant, the mayor of Hollywood. We went out in the dugouts underneath artillery units. Yeah. We went to all the aircraft carriers, USS Inchon, USS Street Report, USS... Um, the Inchon was the most famous one. It was just decommissioned. So I had a really good time. And then we went and saw the changing of the guard in the barracks. And then when I left a truck bomb went in and killed all those men the first big suicide truck bomb killed. yeah 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 24th mau so you're just marine got, amphibious unit. you're just gotten out of there oh so sad and years later i got a fan letter from one of the kids he said you met my dad 13 years ago can you tell me what he was like i he died before right, i was that's born
1: heartbreaking
2: heartbreaking wow. so unbelievable I would do it again, though. I mean...
1: Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was worth the, entertaining the troops. Totally. Like boost their morale. And, and we them, had some wacky adventures. The there
2: was an admiral. It, was, it reminded me of McHale's Navy. Like, you're not allowed to have liquor on any of the aircraft carriers, mm-hmm. but this admiral was dying to serve us martinis off on his little private boat. Yeah. And we're in the Beirut Harbor, so he took us out on this boat, and I'm climbing down off one of the aircraft carriers, and my high heel its lost over the ocean.
1: Oh, so and somewhere with, in
2: the... The chopper was... So, and my... Skirt blew up. It was like a Marilyn Monroe Yeah, so somewhere
1: in the whatever ocean that's by, uh, there's a...
2: And they airlifted, they lifted me onto the other boat, and then he made martinis, and he took us on a tour of the harbor, and I'm like... I had
1: no idea there was so much alcohol involved in these tours. (laughs) I'll remember that.
2: Maybe it's just my life at the time. Um, But it was a really beautiful experience. But the worst part was being in the Beirut airport when they made fun of me for being scared.
1: Well, I'm, I mean, hello, I'm, what else are you supposed to feel? And the
2: Beirut airport is scary. The Athens airport's scary because it's all glass. And every time a plane lands, it sounds like a bomb going off. Oh There's a gosh. shattering sound of glass. Yeah. So we all go out to the tarmac to load, to get onto Beirut Airways from Athens. And everybody's standing there waiting for the plane to come up on the tarmac. And they, the suitcases are all there. And suddenly there was this huge bomb sound. And I thought a bomb had gone off. It was just the glass shattering, right? And I screamed like this. I screamed and I, le- and I ducked. Everybody was ducking down, but they were just picking up their suitcases. And I was the one that – I got didn't tell the story him. correctly. <laughs> I thought a bomb had gone off because everyone ducked.
1: Yeah, everyone was Brown picking up guy suitcases.
2: All they were way. doing was picking I, up their suitcases.
1: <laughs> I, well, I, I'm, I, I understand. You were a little on edge.
2: Yeah. You probably heard that story. I told it on one of the shows.
1: Uh, you know, in what a much our, better version. It, it, uh, no, no, no. It uh, is worth telling. It's worth repeating because, I mean, you lived it. You lived it. We just joked around about You and about I should it. go
2: to Afghanistan and do a US-owned What
1: should? We, yeah, what could we do? Well, now, we,
2: now that ISIL is, is beheading people, I don't ISIS, think you really yeah. want
1: to go. Yeah, that's ISIS, a little hardcore. Hard
2: using the word ISIS destroys the cartoon they did. Yeah, yes, exactly. Let's we, not use that word anymore. Exactly.
1: It's uh, it's a uh, 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 Brian Branchons had an incident where he was talking about the cartoon and somebody else was talk- thought he was talking about the terrorist group oh and he got into a whole big argument with them. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. It's That'd funny be a you bring funny that show. up. would Yeah.
2: Um, so I want to call it ISIL because I don't want to destroy the uh, the legend of ISIS yeah. or
1: whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah the, the show was that's, – that's the real ISIS. Um, you did a, you just did on uh, Kirby Your Enthusiasm with uh, Larry David oh, a few years ago. What, what, what was that
2: It was so much fun. Curb like? Enthusiasm is a show where Larry David – gets an actor and a writer for one price. you have to be: yeah, able to yeah do which improv. is: yeah,
1: which is you. so you, you improved improv everything. totally
2: improv if you no can 't think on your feet and react with him, and improv, the essence of improv for all young actors is to be a good listener, because if you 're watching the other person and you 're not concerned about how you are looking or acting, then you'll hear you 'll hear things: yeah and you pick up, you react off the other actor. you have to be totally on your feet, so during the audition. Um, the only thing you're given is a piece of paper that says Larry comes in to buy a bra. So I just decided she'll be a Victoria's secret salesperson. right? And I went up to him and I just said, Oh, you want to buy a bra? Is it for your wife? And he goes, no, my maid. And I went, Oh, a French maid outfit. And I said, I made up all these things. And then I go, is she, you know, her size, is she a handful or half a handful? (laughs) Is she a cantaloupe or a watermelon? He loved all that. and He hired me for the part. Mm -hmm. And, um, Help that my ex boyfriend was the actual director, though Bob Whitey really, but (laughs) Hollywood. But it didn't matter because he was. If you can't react with Larry, you don't get the part. So I got the part, and on the set itself, in the Victoria's Secret shop, totally changed. Suddenly, Larry comes over and he picks up a bra and he goes, "Ooh, this is really soft." And I go, "Feel free to go try it on." And he goes, "I'm not a drag queen. I'm not." He he loved the fact that I made fun of him. (laughs) He loved it. He was like, "Oh my god, that's going to really work." So he cut all the other stuff out and just wanted to use that. That's how it goes.
1: That's, that's, uh, that's brilliant. The improv, improv is improv tough. Improv is fun, though. Improv is tough. Um, just being, being funny on your feet.
2: I think I'm going to join the groundlings and, and start again. You should do it. Yeah. What's,
1: you know, what's stopping you? Well, I'm Nothing. writing
2: comedy all the time. So
1: you have right? no time. That's what's stopping you. That's why I'm so glad you're here. I know you got no Thank time. Thank you. you. Come, here, come all the no, way here. No,
2: I do have time. I know
1: you just moved to Silver Lake.
2: I just moved...
1: You're like hipster. You're you you're going hipster again.
2: I'm going hipster. I got the hipster hat. Love it. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> all about it.
1: hipster you're you're going to be drinking eight dollar coffees soon, yes, and, uh, I know. there's And you know, listening to Mumford and Sons and and wearing fast and drinking puke. No PVR. You know. Well,
2: my son goes to Calarts, which is where all the animation is coming from right now, and that's a hipster college, so <laughs> I have to fit in. <laughs> but. Yeah, you know, all the all the, the dean and everyone lives over in Calton. Yeah, being a
1: kid, what's it like raising kids in this crazy tone?
2: I would. I kept it. I honestly believe that your reality is based on your own perception of life, and if you can keep your head, I was. Since this spiritual awakening I had when I got sober, this crash and burn and spiritual awakening, I kept my thoughts only on the good in life. It's been really fun. I love everything. Yeah. I mean, everything gets me excited. Going to the Griffith Park Observatory, yes. going to the planetarium. Still. Still. Yeah. I get excited exploring really weird little corners of L.A. that no one would ever go to. I always wonder, how do they live there? Right. How do they live in that little
1: Yeah, that little place? tiny, yeah.
2: Everybody finds their own happiness within. And it came from a book. The original concept of this came from a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He survived concentration camp horrors by keeping his thoughts on love, like he was taken into a concentration camp. Wow. And every day, all he did was think about how beautiful he loved his wife, how much he loved his family, how much he loved everything. And he even practiced appreciating the fish, the dead fish head soup they gave him. Yeah. And the guards pretty soon never <laughs> they never tortured him, they never touched him.
1: Yeah, they he kind was, of put that out in the world a or where, yeah.
2: He had a shield, a force field of good thoughts. And it was really hard to do. I mean, depression is caused by thinking depressing thoughts. Yeah. So he lifted his consciousness, and he stayed in this beautiful zone where his reality was the reality he wanted to see. Right. You can actually do that. You can do that. So that, that, that in works LA. in real life
1: as well. I, I, you kind of have to do that in L.A. is
2: a very shallow. Yeah. I let that be a, your little, life ed,
1: little advice, Samantha. I'm sure you're. You got to build up that shield.
2: <laughs> how do you shield? survive it? How do I
3: survive? Yeah. How
1: do you? How do you, like you? It? How do I'm you, just the, the weird, just the weird, it's, I, 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 I tell people it's not, LA is not a city, it's a different planet altogether.
2: Okay, so, so tell me what you what experiences you've, you've had. i I've, have,
1: I lived out here about 10 years ago for one year. Really? And at the time I was single and I was, I had money, so it was fun. Yeah. But I don't think I could do it now. I like coming out here for a week at a what time. What was the
2: main thing in your core, in your gut, both of you, that you don't like about LA and that you find hard to deal with.
1: It, it, I mean, it really was the people. It really was people who weren't even from here, but would come out here and just act like they were they were something. The
2: superficial people, yes. the wannabes, yeah. Yeah. and the obsession with becoming famous. Yes, yes. the lust for yeah,
1: fame. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's not that just that. It's uh, they would push it constantly about how great they were and how you were nothing. Oh and wow! You, 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 there was a like constant air where they were talking to you about your you had that feeling that you were beneath them by the way they were talking to you. Wow. It was all, yeah, that's the constant, but either, and, yeah, and, and you know, I know that's how things work out here. That's and then, well, the other thing was, uh, you know, I would meet people or talk to them, but with that constant voice in the back of my head where um, they, I would know that they, they're only talking to me because they want something from me.
2: That's the thing. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I came up with this theory that every, every Hollywood party, every there's a fake hierarchy of wants. Everybody, no matter what level they're on, they want something. Right.
1: Um, oh, that's cool. At, we're we're, at every we're Hollywood, taking all the background oh, wow, noise in here.
2: Cool. At every Hollywood party, there's this fake hierarchy of wants. Everybody wants something from someone, no matter what level they're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even Spielberg wants something from the Academy. Sure. You know. and
1: He just has less wants. It's hardly
2: anybody that doesn't want to be somewhere they're not. Right. And... There's nothing better than just being happy in the moment that you're in. And I had to learn it the hard way when I went through my divorce, and I had a, a mystical thing happen with this butterfly. <laughs> this butterfly came over to me and stopped me. I was grieving and grieving and crying, and I had this house where all the kids had gone away for the summer. Mm-hmm. And I used to raise every kid in the neighborhood, and we had my boy, my son, my husband's son, the relatives, and then they all left. And they all grew up and they all had left, and I had an empty nest, and then my husband was leaving too. And I just sat there in this big house and I was so grief stricken. And I went out to sit under this fig tree I never knew we had. I was so unconscious during the marriage. And I looked up and saw a fig tree. You know, I never even knew we had a
1: fig tree. <laughs> so you're, you're, you were, you are you opened. And
2: I started opening open my heart out. and grieving and begging, just praying to the universe to give me a reason for all this happening. Yeah. And this beautiful, huge butterfly, swallowtail, came over and just. Hovered around me? Two of them. And it was so shockingly beautiful that it stopped, stopped me in my tracks and Mm -hmm. I began to open up and so many mirror, a couple of bizarre things happened after that that are almost too long to go into now. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's so many
2: beautiful things happened by staying in the moment and appreciating everything and then the universe started opening up. And then a lot of, a lot of gifts started coming in. Interesting. And share, and also there's a, Theory that if you share your pain, you cut it in half. If you share your joy, you double it. I started doing an interactive Ustream show with all my fans.
1: I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, still, it's still online. If yeah. you want to check it out, I go to Ustream.tv. But the first
2: one I did was at Kelsey Grammer's network. And I had 16,000 fans tuning in by the third week. Yeah. Because they had a great, it was just like a portal. And no one knew where I'd been all these years. I'd been in hiding since Yeah, the so series. all the time you
1: appeared, I was like, is that Lydia? And all I got right, to share the grief
2: and cry on the air and all the women that had gone through divorce were sharing it too. Yeah, we I guess if you like, tuned
1: in, basically you had, a, you had a camera aimed at you on a live Ustream feed and you would interact yeah. with people who would tune in. And um, yeah, I thought it was cool. You would play music and yeah, you'd be yeah, a DJ. Yeah. I watched it.
2: I watched it. But the Kelsey ones you can't see anymore because <laughs> yeah. they were a shell of a real company right. and that's why the FBI came to us Yeah, but they, there's
1: still some of them up there.
2: Kelsey ones? I can't No,
1: No, about those, but the, the some of the Ustream ones yeah. ones,
2: yeah. But on the other one... Um, there was, there was also a cool, th- oh yeah, you're right. On one of the Ustream shows, all these people joined in, and we found out we had fans in l- cities we never heard of, like little
1: Yeah, like Bulgaria or something. Oh, okay. And yeah. a woman
2: said, I watch that every week, don't stop. Yeah. And there would also be um, fans in the chat room were actually getting to know each other, and there was yeah, a relationship starting. Really? There were some cool things going on. Like an electrician said to me, I've never made more friends in my life than in your chat room. While you're on the air, we're all talking to you're each other. You're building
1: communities and worlds. That's in cool. There.
2: Yeah. That's the kind of, kind of show business thing I want to do again.
1: Yeah, well, did you say you're, you're starting you're ramping up the podcast yeah. again? We're starting um,
2: again, but I'm also starting my own Google Hangout. And we're doing um I'm doing my own YouTube channel with all the we're filming the comedy album also as a concert album, and we're filming each scene. That, as a little movie cuz
1: why not why not so uh, your podcast is on the beats and eats network right now. where you can find yeah. it there and uh, you'll be wrapping up i'd like to, i'd love to be on it if you want i uh, want you on it if as you have soon room for can. me <laughs> right away you have room for me and um, it's on
2: LydiaCornell.com is where everything will be all my new new adventures will be listed
1: yeah i uh, also working on the comedy album yeah and which will be i guess it's streamed on uh, you, the clips will be on youtube Yes, if they're
2: going to be filmed as a movie, an independent film, but little pieces like Seinfeld episodes right. first.
1: So yeah, vignettes. All cut how to be a virgin and...
2: again. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it already. Raising
2: aliens, life with boys. I That's
1: love a... it already. Uh, the Thank books, you. like you're, you're nonstop.
2: Well, it's just because if you're creative, you don't stop. Right. right. Yeah, the only thing that stops me is no. worrying about how I'm going to sell something. The marketing part of it all.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. let someone uh. else take care of that. Really? Yeah, yeah let, a, let, a, <laughs> let someone who eats, sleeps, and breathes the, take care of it. You, you, you've got the hard part down already. I just spoke to it.
2: Anson Williams last night from Happy Days. Yeah, the I've Anson Williams. The Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I asked him how to direct. You know, I'm going to direct a feature that I wrote, and I've also been offered to direct someone else's film. And I said to him, what's the first thing to do as a director? So he and I are talking about directing, and then he says, he just published a book. It's coming out this week. Yeah. So I'm going to do the same kind of thing with a book tour. Three books. Hiding my brain in my bra, taking my brain out of my bra, (laughs) flinging my bra over my head, or maybe not,
1: something like that. It's a trilogy. It's
2: about wreckage, surrender, recovery.
1: All right, in in three parts.
2: (laughs) The Hollywood Horror Stories. How to survive Hollywood as a woman, how to navigate your way here without taking your clothes off. That would be, and I didn't take them off. But in the Red Tide... You, I'm
1: sure they asked. Uh, they asked. And in yeah. the Red
2: Tide, they tried to catch me underwater. Yeah. In this Greek, I did this movie in the Greek Isles with James Earl Jones and Jose Ferrer. Great cast. All Oscar winners. But they had me swimming around and they were trying to catch me nude. Yeah. So
1: the, <laughs> the, Greek, the lengths that they go to. <laughs> I
2: know.
1: What so an they, elaborate plot. To, they really were. They like, were we'll like you in underwater and a- cameras. And
2: you have to take your top off on the beach and run into the water. Right. And I... I devised a scheme with the Greek wardrobe lady. We didn't speak any language. Mm -hmm. Nobody could speak to each other. It was British crew, American actors, Mm -hmm. Greek camera people, and Mexican sound. Yeah. Nobody could speak. Tower of Babel. So I said to the Greek lady, she was holding up a towel and I'm like, nothing on here. And I go, I don't want them to see me naked. I couldn't speak it. No, no. So she goes, zinc oxide. She smeared it all over me. Yeah.
1: So it's and they couldn't
2: use the footage. So they didn't catch (sighs)
1: So she saved you. Yeah. Wow. It worked.
2: So. And then on Entourage, I was mistaken for a hooker by my mother and the police <laughs> on my way to an Entourage yeah. audition. And it's because I was wearing a dog collar and a leash and <laughs> thigh high rubber boots. Right. And I literally got into a traffic accident. That's we that's gave it away. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I got into a car crash on the way to the audition. Oh, no. We all, everybody rear-ended each other on cold water. And I get out.
1: And, and the cops are dra- <laughs> looking at me like... <laughs> like, okay. It's like, no, no, I'm going to audition, I'm I swear. I'm not a
2: hooker. I'm an actress. Yes. Yeah, Same thing. audition
1: Entourage, Ari Gold. You heard of this? You know, uh, you know Vinny Chase? Maybe? No. <laughs> Johnny Drama? Does any of this sound familiar? Yeah. No? Okay.
2: Ari Emanuel?
1: Yeah, Ari Emanuel.
2: <laughs> That's the reason I'm more afraid of... this line that I'm more afraid of
1: agents than serial killers. Ari Emanuel?
2: That kind of agent really? exists everywhere. That's I've, the agent.
1: I've met him. I met him in an Elevator, the Four Seasons. What's he uh, like? Uh, he was nice to me, but I was with uh, Kevin, my boss, yeah. Kevin Smith. And Kevin was like, "You, I, 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 my exact words are like, oh, you're, you're, he introduced me. I'm like, it's an honor to meet you, sir. And Kevin was like, don't be that honored. No. yeah, <laughs> He was saying it jokingly, but I think he was being serious. So Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, I don't mean the real Ari, but the guy who played, Jeremy Piven was yeah. so funny as the agent, he, he, the sleazy, mean agent.
1: Yeah, there were some... Yeah, you watch, you've watched Entourage. There's some points yeah. where he's so happy, though. He's like, "Yeah, oh, like that's the part that I wanted to take from it—not being the mean to all the people, right? But no, the, no, that no. exuberance when he, you know, when those moments of joy. Those, those were the ones I wanted to take from that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There's a lot of good in Hollywood. I've, you got to look at the at the good people. Yeah. There are some great people. <laughs>
1: Thank you for that advice. What's all your, all your social media? Are you on Twitter? Well, right
2: Facebook? now I'm, I'm actually filming a reality show okay. based on domestic – okay, based on my stalker story.
1: Okay.
2: My stalker is not a normal stalker, though. He was a man who posed as my lawyer.
1: Yeah, he went elaborate.
2: He pretended to be a war hero and a federal military criminal attorney and a jag Sea Navy yes. guy.
1: yeah.
2: And – he posed as my lawyer, and then he became my stalker, but he was really a hairdresser who'd never been to law school, and he was the one making all the legal decisions in our case. <laughs> he actually convinced my lawyer that he was a real lawyer. This has gone on for three years. It's the funniest, simultaneously scariest, yeah. funniest, scariest, funniest story. I don't even know how I got through the past three years without laughing and crying
1: simultaneously. All right, so when all that comes out, uh, Mike and I will plug it.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're always we're gonna... behind you. Yeah. So we're going to get it done on Thursday. We're filming the a rescue show for women with Homeland Security yeah. and FBI agents. And we're interviewing the female sheriffs I worked with, some female detectives awesome. that are really cool women. And we're going to help domestic abuse survivors. And I'm trying to discuss the whole way that you're stalked. In ho- the way TMZ treats women in Hollywood is even worse.
1: Because uh, yes. even though the
2: stalker <laughs> treated me badly, TMZ did something worse. They, yeah, they posted a picture. They go... They posted the ugliest picture they could of me of course saying psychopath is going to bash my brains in. And then all these haters, write, Well, she looks like she should have her face bashed in because she's so ugly. <sighs> you know, And like, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Harvey yeah, Levin. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Thank thanks everybody. Thank you. So Are you on Twitter and you're on Facebook?
2: I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and I have two pages on Facebook, five pages on Facebook. Five? Yeah. Can you,
1: can you remember? Can Different you companies.
2: All? Um, The official Lydia Cornell page is the one we're trying to beef up, but everyone wants to go on the private one, which is full. Right. So it's just Lydia Cornell official. Okay. Facebook. Okay. And please come like the page. Yes. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'll be on Vine soon. I'm starting my YouTube channel soon.
1: Fantastic. And
2: mainly everything will be on LydiaCornell.com. Okay.
1: Just go there. Your one-stop portal for Lydia Cornell. Stop shop
2: for that. One-stop shop. Awesome. Well,
1: thank you for taking your time.
2: Thank you. To come down
1: here, the beautiful sunset market. I hope this was kind of like full circle oh, here. You used is to wonderful. party here. Now we're a little tamer. You know, no, there's no piles of coke here. Or, I
2: know, but this was a real legendary hotel. I love it here. It's
1: I think special. it still is. This is one of my favorite spots here, and this is why I chose to do this here. And thank I'm, you. I'm extremely honored and very just very happy that you came down. Thank so you, thank Ming. You.
2: I love you. Thanks for having me on your show, and I and, love um, meeting you too, Cindy. So, you know,
1: Quit Pro Cola, if you ever want me on there, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Okay. All right. It's a date. All right. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Lydia.
0: Ciao for
3: the stories.
0: (laughs) This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.